we're going to publish a new project very soon, which is called Flip, which is basically our responses to COVID as Startup Guide, which was that we wanted it to feature companies, individuals, organizations who use the crisis as an opportunity to pivot their business or flip their business, as we say. Hello. I am Cecil Hansen. I'm the founder of Startup Guide, and you're listening to Gut Talks, double G U double T. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season one of Gut Talks, double G U double T, a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design, and gut feelings. I'm Maria, designer strategist and venture builder running two ventures, GUT, G, U, T, and Other Dots Foundation. I decided to launch GUT Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me, maria at gut.com, G, U, T, or check the links in the show notes. Now let's get started. Our guest today is Cecil Hansen, entrepreneur and founder of Startup Guide that produces guidebooks and content to guide, empower and inspire people to start their own business anywhere. She started her guide after moving to Berlin with no resources and support to start her own business. It grew to help entrepreneurs around the world. This developed into multiple projects and initiatives we will discuss in this episode. And I want to give a shout out to Peter Kovach, who introduced me to Sissel and who's on episode 17. And Sissel won the Nordic Startup Awards back in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Sissel, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm very good. Thank you. And can you tell us who is Sissel? I just turned 29, <laughs> 29-year-old Dane from Denmark, born and raised, entrepreneur. I uh, have basically, you know, started several businesses and and since then, since we started Startup Guide in 2014, been helping entrepreneurs starting theirs. So I would say entrepreneur by heart. And I guess that's, that's very much like in a nutshell what you would say about me. And what made you start Startup Guide? I know that you moved to Berlin mm-hmm. uh, from Denmark. Mm-hmm. And what's the story there? I moved to Berlin in 2012, just when I was done with like high school. So that was, I was around 20 years old. And in Denmark, it's very common to take a break year between you go from high school to university, where you do your bachelor and your master. And I was not sure at all what I wanted to do. Actually, I could not really see myself studying. So I moved to Berlin because it was like a good opportunity for me to to explore me becoming an entrepreneur. I had started several small businesses in Denmark and none of them really successful. And I think that based on these experiences, I was like, I somehow wanted it to figuring out how to start my on my own and become successful, but potentially also help others because I felt very much how difficult it was when you were a young entrepreneur that didn't necessarily had the more traditional business education, but had like a drive of like wanting to do things. And how could you as a young entrepreneur basically 
get started. Also, when you don't have an education yet, your, your network is also limited. Of course, it grows with the years, but it definitely also grows with, with your educational system. So it's also like, how could we create a community for young entrepreneurs? And all of these things, when you look in the back light, was kind of like random thoughts, but they all kind of puzzled together to this nice puzzle of like, of what then in the end became Startup Guides two years after. So I've moved to Berlin with the idea about creating different projects that could help young entrepreneurs. And uh, some of them were okay, some of them were better, some were worse, but one that stood out was the Startup Guide. And that basically was, as you can say, like the lonely planet for entrepreneurs, in that sense that we basically see ourselves as a guiding tool for entrepreneurs, but also not only guiding, but also inspiring people to start businesses. And we don't want to do it just by ourselves. We want to do it by the people who already have done it. So our, our unique value proposition was that we actually, instead of saying, this is how you start your business in Berlin, we asked everyone that have already done it to basically give their advice and tell their story. And by then they became the role models for the new entrepreneurs. So the book was not necessarily, this is what you have to do and so on, but it was more like a, a selection of many, many different stories from the ecosystem, all divided into investors, accelerators, co-working spaces, founders, startups themselves. It was also a mapping. So a lot of people also used it as a tool for understanding what was going on in Berlin. And I think that resonated with a lot of people, both the aspect of informative and then also at the same time, very inspirational. We had a lot of people that asked us, isn't this book going to be outdated the day it's printed, right? Because the startup scene developed so fast. And I think one thing we kind of got around with, what we said, we, we want to tell stories that will be as useful in three years from now because it's inspirational for the people reading them. And because it resonated with that many people, we very organically grew the concept so what was supposed to be like one guide in Berlin, one simple project became suddenly this startup that we we could see that was an opportunity for us to scale it and not scale it in the sense of using a lot of uh, marketing money and, and, and take country by country. But we actually got people that were interested in doing this themselves in their own city. So it became very organic of how it's scaled. And I think also you can see that in the product today, that it has been very, very much determined by that it had a lot of people's input that shaped it as it is. So yeah, I don't really see us as a publishing company. I don't see us as a media company. I, I see us very much in between and, and to a certain extent, very much a community driven approach to help entrepreneurs start and, and connect people and, and the platform became the book. So you touched on quite a bit of elements and what stuck with me actually is the timeless stories mm -hmm. because many people can relate to them at any point in time, but not only in places, but globally as well. And this starts from your own story. So what were the challenges you had as a young aspiring entrepreneur in Berlin? I think the challenges was very much the network and not being able to speak the language, not understanding 100% the culture, and also just getting clear with the whole bureaucracy of like, you know, 
How do you actually make a business? You know, how do you form a company? So it was a lot of different things. And I think what it clearly stuck out for me was that with time, a lot of these things got solved because I started gaining a network. So I started gaining a network of people who knew a lot of things. And I think that was also the aspiration for the startup guy, because it was like, if all of these people actually know a lot of things, why is there no place where this is all gathered? (laughs) So I think for a lot of young entrepreneurs, the network, the lack of a network is very important. So I think that's that's some of the things that I always say when I people ask me for advice, I say, go talk with as many people as possible. And please don't be afraid that anyone will steal your idea because it's not really the idea that is does make the difference, it's the execution in the end of the day. And to do a good execution, you need the right network. So share the idea because the most positive thing and most probable thing that will happen would be that people can help and they would help. And this is very much the mentality of the startup ecosystem as well. That is very unique, you know, the pay it forward attitude, which I think I haven't seen in many other industries, such as I. Yeah, I agree on that one. And especially the, the idea one, people are tend to be afraid to share it, but an idea can be shaped in so many different directions and mm-hmm. become multiple different projects because it's just a seed that you can take to another level differently. You touched on uh, quite a few points. I want to go a step back and ask you, you said you didn't want to go to university and so on. How do you feel about this decision nine years later? I actually went to university, but for only for a year. So when Startup Guide came out in 2014, in the summer, in August, a few days later, uh, moved back to Copenhagen to study. Well, actually to Aarhus, a uh, smaller city in Denmark, to study. And because all of this were kind of, I got accepted to the school in, in March and we started the project in, in June. So, and we didn't expect that this project should be this big. So I went back to study and study for a year. And while I was studying, startup guys started to take off. And I think this was like really, really challenging because, you know, I could definitely see that I couldn't do both at the same time, at least not in the way that I would be happy with the outcome of either way. So I had to choose. And I set up a criteria for myself. So I said, okay, I need to be able to make startup guide into a sustainable business, meaning that it needs to be able to pay a salary, it needs to be able to have a business model. And I basically set a goal for myself in November. I said, okay, we're going to do some projects now. We did the startup guide Aarhus came out in March and we did the startup guide Copenhagen that would come out in in November the same year. And I said, if we can make these projects profitable, I'm going to quit university. And I think it was a good motivation for me as well, because I think at the end of the day, that was what I really wanted. But I said to myself that I couldn't do it if I didn't make startup guys sustainable, because I think too many times you do projects that are good and they are fun, but in the long run, you're going to burn out because they're not making any money. So I didn't want to do that. And yeah, so it ended with that I uh, I had to drop out one year into the education and I haven't really looked back to ever since. I'm studying now in the sense of that I, I do take some courses besides my business because I very much now see what I miss, you know, that there is parts of, I had a super steep learning curve with building startup, right? But there's definitely things now that I think seven years after things that you would like to know how exactly they are done. And it's it can be everything from, you know, administrative stuff, uh, strategy stuff. And in the end of the day, the culmination of me having a lot of experience from just having been doing it to me 
having the opportunity to learn by the rules is a really good combination. So it also means that I don't have to believe every word that says in the, <laughs> in the business books. Yeah. And I definitely don't do that. But I think that they have a good foundation that having that knowledge can, and with the practical experience, can become really, really powerful. I think the problem with the education system is that people just live by <laughs> the rules of the books, which is not how the world works. Yeah. So when they actually get out in the real world, they get frustrated that uh, they cannot use the framework that they have been given. They have to adapt. And I think I now have the great opportunity to have been living in the real world and, and can adapt to the books. This is why I wanted to ask you on your opinion with regards to that, because you have an interesting trajectory. And, and I went through the traditional education system and you learn something. You know, my background is in design, so you do lots of practical things. But at the end of the day, you taught something, then you go, even though it's you know, kind of a best practice, the reality of it is not the same. So you have to relearn mm -hmm. so many things. And also, many schools don't teach you the business of things. They teach you how to be good employees too. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is not for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. We so, But I agree on the foundation. So it's good to make sense of things as well. I like what you said here. I also want to ask you about, you said you tried to start many businesses in Denmark before moving to Berlin as well. Were the challenges different that you had? Because you sort of had a network, maybe not the startup network, but another kind of network. Did that help? I think what was easier was to understand the ecosystem and how it worked. And again, a network, but also like the all the offerings that was there was somehow in Danish, right? So that part was, was definitely easier. But I also think it was so early on for me. So... I think also like it was things that I did on the side of studying back then in high school. And it was also, I can see a big difference from back then, which was around, you know, 2010, so around like 10, 11 years ago. You know, startups were not hyped as they are today. You know, like yeah. if you said you're working on a startup, people were thinking that you were sitting in a garage and like coming up with like some crazy experiments and stuff like that. And then I think the whole digitalization and that whole world changed what a startup is. And also the role models became more and more clear, right? You know, today is not rock stars that we're looking towards. It's like Elon Musk and stuff like that. But people are like, whoa, this is the new cool thing. And I think that mentality was not around when I started, when I was like in my early 20s. You had many decisions to make as well, right? Over time. Did you generally trust your gut? What yeah. Um. I think I think you have um, a sixth sense, right? Like I think yeah, that yeah. Um, when you feel good about something or bad about something, but you cannot really describe why, it is because that there is something you need to listen to, which I guess must be your gut. And I think what is very important is to distinguish your own fears of like, is this because I'm I'm afraid of failing that I'm not feeling good, or is this because I'm in a place where I, I shouldn't be. So I think it also takes some time to understand yourself and learn what the gut actually means. But I, I truly believe that we have a sixth sense that will tell us if we are in the right direction or not, or in the right partner constellation or not, or on the right path or not, and so on. And then you have to be able to distinguish what can be excitement and fears and, and all of these things that can be things you have to look through. Because if 
most of the time is what you have to do as an entrepreneur is you have to challenge the status quo. You have to risk. You have to do a lot of things that if you are afraid of failing, all the alarm bells in your body will ring. Right. So you have to be able to say, okay, just because I'm not feeling super comfortable right now, it's not necessarily because I'm doing something wrong. I'm in the right, wrong path, but it's because that I'm doing something that is, that is unusual. And I have to accept that there is a risk, but the risk of not doing it could be even worse. So yeah, the risk and the cost of it as well, because it could be a mental cost as well over time exactly. to know that you haven't taken some time to do what you feel you can do. Yeah. Um, let's go back a little bit to the startup guide. And you're in many cities at the moment. How many? Some are upcoming as well. I don't know exactly. We have around, I think we are over 50 now. I think okay. we just, yeah, around over 50 cities globally. Okay. So a few questions here. So let's start with the first one. You spoke about role models, right? Um, mm -hmm. How do you find them? But also how do you curate that? Because as we all know, You might get people to, you know, ping you on LinkedIn or somewhere and say, I can do this for you. But actually, you want something that is valuable and not everyone can help in what they I think everyone can help somehow. But again, not for what you need specifically. So how do you curate this content and, and find role models? I think in the beginning, it was super difficult because we was not exactly clear about 100% what we were and what we wanted. And I think the more clear we became about that the clearer the inbounds became. And we were also, it was also easier for us to see, okay, who is the right partners and who is not, both for our sake and for their sake as well. And uh, what we developed was like a community partner model. So that meant that we wanted it to have like a strong community-driven oriented product, meaning that it was not like just us coming in and being like, ah, okay, so... We're going to interview you, you and you, and there is no process, there's no transparency around why do we take that decision or not. So the community partnership model basically meant that we would give a lot of power to a partner that would be part of like owning the project in every city. So they would help us curate an advisory board and the advisory board would then be in the end voting for who should be in the guide. And the curated advisory board would be a very strong, diverse group of people that work within the whole startup ecosystem. Everything from different industries, different organizations, you know, different genders and, and all of these things. And I think that that became very important. And, and it, we got a lot of buy-in from the community because they felt it was their project. And what we then did was that we did a public nomination. So everyone that wanted to be part of the project, we interviewed could be nominated and people could nominate each other. They could also nominate themselves. The advisory board could nominate. And then suddenly we had this process where we had like something in between five to 600 startups and organizations and, and leaders and profiles that we could put in the book. And then the advisory board voted on that. And I think that process was in the beginning a way for us to be like finding a way to curate as, as you exact say, but it also it became one of the most valuable things we ever did because our product became much more than just a book. It became a statement from the ecosystem. It became a, a local startup ecosystem project. And I think that that was a unique thing that came out of us having to solve a problem, was, which was like, who do we decide who we should put in the book? Interesting. You're touching on ownership here as well. And this makes a massive difference. And I like how you also mentioned the statement mm -hmm. that, that you're here and you have a voice actually yeah. as, a, as a community. 
Um, I think even people called it um, a manifest at some point, right? It became suddenly a thing where people could manifest their local ecosystem in form of a book and a statement to the rest of the world. Yeah, that is lasting, actually, yeah. and timeless yeah. with stories. Exactly. That, yeah. And the other part to it as well is you've been around and you inspired lots of people and helped them start their own businesses. Mm -hmm. Are you able to measure the impact you've been making across the 50 cities you have? It's something that we are constantly challenging ourselves on how to measure. And we came out with the impact report when we turned five years old, which can be downloaded on our website from basically uh, from 2014 to 2020. So around these five years that we were around for. And we tried to basically uh, get a lot of inputs from both community partners, the business owners, the different people that have been featured in the guides of like, what kind of difference did the book make to them? What kind of difference did the project make to them? So the way we can do it is very a qualitative approach. It's hard to get a lot of feedback from everyone that have been in the book. But what we can see is that that some of the startups that we featured in the very early days, like I think in Berlin, we featured Clue, which now is like the most promising or the biggest firm tech startups basically tracking women's menstruational cycle and by that being able to predict potentially health diseases for women. And I think... We featured them when they were two years in. Now they are like a, a life-changing startup. And I think that is really, really interesting to have been able to uh, to do that. And we are considering now, because we are doing a guide in, in a physical form, a lot of the books are floating around, right? So we sometimes get messages from people from all over the world saying, ah, I saw your book the other day. And we have no idea how they ended up there. But of course, with the physical or with the digital version, we are able to track people more in a good way, of course, <laughs> and understand why they're buying it and how the, the guide can help them. And of course, going back to them and see how the guide could help them. So uh, it is something that we're constantly working on how we best can measure the impact that we are having. That's an interesting approach as well, because it's always nice. I prefer to read physical books and have the hard copy, but for sure, if you want to scale this more and get to more people as well and get more voices out there as well. The digital approach yeah. can help too. So, and talking about this, how did COVID affect you? Well, I think COVID affected us as many other businesses in the sense that we had to rethink parts of our business processes. We, we normally always do our own photo shoots and suddenly we couldn't do that anymore. We had to come up with like new ways of like um, figuring out how we could do things. And then I think it affected us in a sense of like the whole world is kind of on hold, you know, in a sense. It's it's difficult for companies to make decisions, it's difficult for cities to figuring out how to prioritize, you know, their marketing efforts, which is very much like our business model. We, we work with cities that wants to, to market their city and, and the startup guide is one of the tools for them to do that. So I think right now, everyone is trying to kind of figuring out what is happening, what will happen. And therefore, a lot of things got postponed. But we also seen a growth in, we started and we're going to publish a new project very soon, which is called Flip, which is basically our responses to COVID as Startup Guide, which was that we wanted it to feature companies, individuals, organizations who use the crisis as an opportunity to pivot their business or flip their business, as we say. 
And I'm very excited to get published. That's going to be a, a digital magazine coming out here in April. So I'm going to be putting the links down below yeah. of Startup Guide and Flip. Maybe you can send it to me as well once you have it. And is there anything else you would like to say? No, I think I'm, I'm super happy to have had this conversation. And, you know, like I think at the end of the day, like the personal story of, of any entrepreneur is really, really powerful because in the end of the day, that's why we do the things we do is because we figure out that there is a need to do something about different things. And, and I'm happy that I was able to share that. Thank you so much. And where to find you if someone yeah. wants to get in touch? Startupguide.com. That's it. Then my name will be there under the team part. Other, all our other team members is there as well. So, And then uh, on LinkedIn. And let's, final thing, let's use this platform. Are you looking to be in some other cities? Is this open and open? Yeah, we <laughs> always are looking for going to other cities. Uh, on the website, you can already see the cities we are in. And we are already always looking to go to, to other cities. Example, we are not in any cities in Italy yet. We've been working on that for a long time. That would, of course, be very interesting. Cool. Thank you so much for that, Cecil. It was great having Thank this you. conversation. Thank you. Great conversation with Cecil Hansen. We spoke about her journey and challenges to start Startup Guide. We also touched on the education system, traditional or not traditional. We spoke about ownership, impact and stories, timeless stories. And this is something to keep in mind when you build something to help your community or audience relate to. Thank you very much. You were listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matloub. To support the show, please subscribe leave a review and share it with anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the LinkedIn group or the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time.